Blog Talk Radio. time with Pastor Steph. to hear. That's what I like to hear. For this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. So, where were you yesterday? Ah, yesterday we were shaking the Monday morning blues as we opened up the relationship clinic with Elder Jerome and Lady Annette Wilson. Ooh, what a good, good session. As we talked about the real <laughs> married life. Oh, yeah. Huh, that sounds like Brother Al. <laughs> oh, we talked about the fact that marriage takes work. Oh, let me tell you something. The two of them had some testimonies of their relationship. So, they say they're about to go into their 23rd year of marriage, and they've been together for an additional five years. They were together for five years. And they talked about, you know, how they met, and, you know, the, the uh, no, I don't want to say the trouble, but uh, what, what word do I want to use? How they met and the challenges. Ah, that's what I want to say. The challenges, you know, they were up against, you know, and it's interesting because, you know, it seemed as though, you know, Elder Jerome had the more glaring challenge of life uh, because his was out there but Lady Annette you know she just said that just two years ago she really had a level of breakthrough in her life because we you know we talked about you know dealing with your marriage working on your marriage while working on your own life's struggles you know just because you're married doesn't mean that the only things that you'll, you know, endure or work on 
are the married life things because life happens to you. And, and that's what happens in, you know, a lot of marriages that end up in divorce because you were never friends. And, you know, here on is due time with Pastor Steph, you know, I always talk about being friends first because you can then endure life's struggles with one another. You know, that those life struggles that you go through as an individual won't rip your marriage apart. You know, <laughs> it also depends on when you meet. You know, because sometimes, you know, if you meet at a certain time, you know, people start going through that midlife crisis. And, yes, you can. You can go through that. Now, I'm not going through no midlife crisis, but I'm just saying. You know, there are people that go through the midlife crisis. And because they don't, they're not grounded in Christ, which is what the Wilsons talked about. You know, because they weren't grounded in Christ, you know, the midlife crisis then ends up, not the Wilsons, you know, but the person, the individual, you know, because they weren't grounded in Christ, you know, now they have a difficult time in the marriage. Now, that could be on either side. Now, we're talking about, we're talking about those uh, life struggles, you know, getting along, you know, during the tough times when life struggles come along. And, you know, Lady Annette talked about, you know, how she grew up and the dynamic of her family and, you know, her being the oldest girl and, you know, what her responsibilities were. And, you know, that took her into adulthood. You know, that issue went into her adulthood and, you know, how that affected, you know, their marriage. And, you know, they also talked about the fact that from the, she said from the night they got married, she ended up with her nephew. And that's and they took him home on the on the wedding night. Yeah. So you know the real married life. Boy, did they give a new meaning for some people when it comes to the real married life. You know, everybody thinks this is some fairy tale. And. You know, this this wedding and then this honeymoon and then, you know, we're going to be off to the races and it's going to be beautiful. And, you know, they really presented a, a an interesting, they came from an interesting angle. I think they, they, they were one of the, one of two in all the relationship clinics we've had here. They 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 came from a very interesting dynamic, and they really showed how their individual lives became fused into this marriage. And it was a real interesting story. It, it was it was really really interesting. And I remember now. I think I had about. 30, maybe 35 topics when we started. And I started giving out these lists of topics for the couples to choose from. And, I mean, there, there are some topics. There's some, you know, some of the easy ones, you know, 
And then there are others that are really, they, they're they really designed, when I looked at, you know, the, the topic idols, I was like, wow, this is really going to make people, if you choose this topic, you, you want to tell somebody something. And the real married life was one of them. But I had no idea they were going to say what they were going to say. You know, because listen now, I, I don't really talk to them very long. You know, I get to, to chat with them a little bit, you know, to for them to introduce themselves to me, for me to introduce, you know, myself to them. And sometimes, a lot of times, I only talk to one or the other. Now, in this particular case, I had only spoken to Elder Jerome. You know, there sometimes I'll speak to the ladies. There are other times I speak to the men. And there are some times where I I get an opportunity to speak to the both of them. And this particular time, I only spoke to Elder Jerome. And, you know, when they gave, they always get to choose two, you know, just in case somebody else chooses one that they want. And like I said, you know, there are some topics that, you know, really really, really force you to put some stuff out there. But again, it's on you. You know, it's really on you. And they were really, really, really good. You know, Lady Annette spoke very slowly yesterday. And, you know, it was almost like I was waiting to hear what she had to say. You know, I was really drawn into her momentum. Her, her speaking moment And I was like You know What is she going to come out with And she ended up I, You know I laughed I called them later And I laughed I said But she blew through Like five or six topics <laughs> Five or six topics As she was speaking So there You know I, I didn't get an opportunity To hit A lot of individual uh, Points But she covered it, and I was like, whoa, and I could literally, like anyone heard me say yesterday, if you were listening, I could literally hear her healing through her talking yesterday, so, you know, it just really shows that not only do we bless others as we minister here on his due time, but we too are blessed when we're ministering because we don't know what God has for us. We don't know what God is going to give us in return for our ministering. And I actually heard, I actually actually really heard something coming from her end other than what she was prepared to give us. And I, I really... Give God thanks for that because, you know, if that was, you know, if, if if the relationship clinic was used to bless her, then God's job was done much larger than we even, you know, could have imagined. So it was really a good session yesterday. Wow. Really a good one. Really a good one. Really a good one. Well, we could not finish properly 
on Monday morning if we did not have the switch tip with Shantice. Let God dictate your mood. Now, again, I don't know where in the world, you know, these uh, switch tips come from because, you know, she says sometimes, you know, that she has like a list that she's written and, you know, she'll go back to the list or whatever. But it's always matching the conversation. Always matches the conversation. And let God dictate your mood is really what the Wilsons were talking about yesterday. Yeah. They really, really had already spoken about this topic. And, you know, listen, life's going to hand you a whole lot of stuff. You know, you don't know what's going to happen from one moment to the next. You don't know... You know, you set out to love somebody. You set out to be in a relationship. You set out to start a new job. You set out to, you know, formulate a friendship with someone. You set out to, you know, begin this new church journey. You choose a church. You know, you choose to go to this particular store to shop. You don't have any idea of what's going to come up during any part of your journey that's going to shift your mood. And I, I, I was never a moody person. I grew up around it, you know, this, this one being moody, and, and I can't stand it. I, I cannot stand it. I cannot stand that switch up. You know, you don't know whether to laugh with the person or, you know, uh, uh, stay away from the person or, you know, talk to the person or leave them alone because at 8.02, you know, they're one way. At 8.05, you're like, oh, oh you want to talk now? You know, oh, okay, is it safe to talk? I, I could never deal with that. And I, like I said, I grew up around it. And it's like, you know, sometimes it's in, you know, a, a chemical imbalance going on and you know people don't see themselves as being moody yes and it takes a lot to get adjusted to that and I have to be honest to this day at 56 I'm not adjusted have not gotten adjusted to it you know and and people who you say one thing and it sets them off and you know that happens for many different reasons. Again, it could be a chemical imbalance that they don't know nothing about. It could be a chemical imbalance that they do notice that's taking place, but they're not going to get any help. Yep, I was told that too. It could be, you know, just you're in a certain mood or mode, and that one thing just comes along and kind of, nah, sets you off or you in a depressed mode or you know sometimes watching that tv you know you might see a movie or a scene sometimes it's that song that shifts your mood you know and and sometimes quote unquote you just can't help it you know but when your life is hidden in the lord i can't say it won't happen but it will happen less often you know, there's this thing when people tell you, you know, I, I, don't be happy because happy is, you know, momentary. You know, just, just, you know, have joy. I don't know where in the world people get this from. 
I wish people would stop perpetrating these things and perpetuating these things that are not biblical. I have not found that in the Bible yet. If somebody can find me that verse, please let Stephanie know that, you know, you, you can't be happy because happy, you know, is, is external, but joy is on the inside. Where is that? Where is that? Well, why do we separate happy and joy? It's all the same thing to me. What I'm trying to make is, you know, when, when you're experiencing God's joy, you know, the, 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 the perception is, or the belief is, can't nothing shift it if it's God's joy. I don't believe that. I don't believe that. Well, God himself says, be angry but sin not. So that's a shift right there. It doesn't say, you know, listen, and it's boom. But woo, 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 here we go, 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 here we go. You got this thing called be angry but don't sin not. Well, or sin not. If you were a sinner, your life is hidden in sin. So God's not going to tell you not to sin because you're already sinful. So he must be talking to the believers, to those of us who consider ourselves Christians. So... He's already understood that something or someone is going to tick you off and you will become angry. And he's cautioning you, don't, but don't let it take you into that zone. So somebody, that, that spells that theory for Stephanie, that you will not be shifted if your life is hidden in the Lord. Okay, now... That might ring off something different for someone else, but it don't ring off different for Stephanie. All right? So, what am I trying to say? The switch tip is, what? Let God dictate your mood. And that means that when something comes up, go back to the joy of the Lord. You know, we have to say to ourselves, you know, if if we got to talk ourselves back into that, you know, then then let's get let let's get let's get it done. Let's get it done. If we have to stay in the mode of reading the word, then let let's do that. If it means that we have to listen to to more, you know, inspirational and and Christian and gospel music, then let's do that because those are the things that help to keep us in a different mood, in a different mood. You know, if we fill our spirit, you know, the Word of God tells us to meditate on it day and night. And I think a lot of times if we were to just focus, and, and that's what let God dictate your mood means. You know, if, you know, when, when someone says something to you and you look at them and go, you know what, Mm-mm. I was in a good mood. Lord's got me there, and I'm not about to let you change my mind, change my mood, alter the way I'm feeling, alter the way I'm thinking. You know, then you can fight this thing. But, you know, if we don't remember the verse that says, be vigilant, because the enemy is just, (laughs) he's in the mode of always 
seeking to kill, steal, and destroy. Your adversary, the devil, is always, so see, he's always looking to turn us around and change that mood. Always. Kill, steal, and destroy. And we've got to grow to the point where we are just as vigilant about staying in, you know, a mood where, you know, you know, something might come in, you know, and and try to alter it, but I'm going to hurry up and get back to where I need to be, you know, and that's let God dictate your mood. You know, let the word of the Lord change, you know, you when you're upset, you know, or when someone is trying to make you upset. You know, let the word of the Lord, you know, help to keep you in that frame of mind that, you know, it's okay to be angry. It's okay to, you know, let somebody, you know, or, or when someone, you know, makes you upset. But if you completely take that shift, you know, in the next couple of minutes, back to, you know, make that shift back to the Lord. You know, that's let God dictate your mood. It does not in, infer that there will never be anything that will make you upset. Because if you're walking around and that's what you think is going to happen, you better start reading the Word of God. Because Proverbs tells us what to do all the time. So if there was never a time when we would be in a certain mode or think a certain way or feel a certain way, there would be no need for those words of wisdom. So we got work to do. We got work to do because the enemy is always on his job. And we've got to always be on our job to make sure that, you know, we're not going to let nothing steal our joy. All righty? Or ain't let anything take away our happiness. So, that's how we getting this morning started. All righty? Don't let anything else but God dictate your mood. Thank you, Shanties, for that switch tip. And that's how we spent our Monday. Well, today is Let's Talk About a Tuesday Church Folk Day. And uh, we got some stuff to talk about. I don't have a church folk topic. So if someone has a church folk question, feel free to send it in. Because uh, I want to make sure I have something when we get to that. You know, to that point. Okay? Alrighty. So, let's get that healthy breakfast. Let's go tell somebody that is due time where Pastor Steph is on. And whatever you do, don't go anywhere because we will be right back. Hello, I'm Kara Beast of Union Bank. Diversity is one of our most closely held values. This is why we're proud to honor local heroes in celebration of Disability Awareness Month. Let's meet one of our honorees. 
My name is Al Kovac, and I am the Senior Vice President of Paralyzed Veterans of America. Imagine being a very able-bodied, healthy person and then waking up the next day completely paralyzed. So the Paralyzed Veterans of America will come to your bedside when they find out you're there. And they will take care of your housing benefits, monthly compensation, and they will guarantee that you will get health care for the rest of your life. Especially when you're brand new injury, you need to have that family there. When I'm engaged in sports, it seems like people seem to want to ask more questions about my disability. It's almost like an awareness program on wheels. I love serving my country as a Navy SEAL, but I also love serving my country in a wheelchair. It's a semi-automatic pistol, 
And whenever I see, I've never seen a gun in real life. Stephanie has never seen a gun in real life. But whenever you look at it on TV, they don't look like they weigh like like ounces. They look like they weigh a little something. Uh, so they're trying to figure out whether any of the adults will face charges. Why is this a dilemma? It should be saying which adult is going to be charged. It's the same thing with the little boy who shoots the teacher in the school. Yes, remember the menace to society? Yes. I have yet to see an article about an adult being held responsible for that shooting. And I'm trying to figure this out. How have y'all had 900 conversations about this thing here and nobody has been held? I don't want to hear nothing about the gun was locked up and it was six feet high. Somebody's lying. Now, this is a, a, a was a little six-year-old kid. How would he be able to get up that high and still no one is charged? Something is not right. You have a home, an apartment filled with adults. They say this was a loaded gun. Well, you don't have to tell us it was loaded because we understand clearly that the three-year-old could not get the gun, the ammunition from another spot, or the clip from another spot and get to shooting. And now, all of a sudden, somebody going to end up dead. Now, here you have a baby. They're, 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 um, you have this baby, three years old, who, who has accidentally shot her sister. So when she gets older, this story is never going to come out? It's going to be a hush-hush issue. So I just got I just got notice that they decided going or kind of going off, going back a little bit. They decided not to charge the six-year-old. I did see that article. Well, to me, what you gonna, how are you going to charge a six-year-old? I don't think you should criminally charge him. You need to put him in some treatment. Because something's wrong, because that was all intentional. You know, when we kept going through all of the things that he was doing, you could see that he had an issue at six years old. So he needs treatment. It's better to get him that right now at six and pray that something clicks later in the right direction. So I know they say they're not going to charge a six-year-old, but my question is, then who are they going to charge? Because that means that, all this stuff happened in this school, including the shooting, and nobody's going to take responsibility. And that's the problem I'm having with this story. No, we, we, we don't know if we're going to charge any of the adults. Somebody needs to be charged. Somebody needs to be charged. Okay, even if the law in Texas is you can own a gun, then there has to be a law against leaving a loaded gun around Listen, here's why I'm having a problem with this. If you own a car, right, if I own a car and Shantice, and it's insured in my name, and Shantice steals my car or, or, or legitimately borrows my car, 
and she hits and kills someone, I can be held liable. How is it that I can be held liable for that, but someone with a loaded gun that ends up killing a child or another person, and a child got to this gun? Where is the negligence charge? This is just stupid. All these children are dying from these stupid guns being left around carelessly, and you are just not hearing anybody being held responsible. No, you cannot hold a child responsible for getting hold of a gun. But you can surely hold someone responsible for leaving the gun where a child could get it. It's loaded, either a clip is in it, with 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 uh, uh, bullets or uh, bullets are in the gun. Period. So this is just this is just ridiculous. And let me tell you something. Uh, it's been for a while, but there is a war on our children. And man, oh man, oh man. If we don't get a hold of our children, and we don't take responsibility for the things that are around our children. This will not stop happening. This will not stop happening. This is just ludicrous. So, you move from that to a another child, another child, a 13-year-old boy who repeatedly stabs his sister with a steak knife. Out here in Queens, and it says a boy attacked his sister out in Jamaica. You know, he then calls the cops, and he reports the break-in, a break-in, because he wants to claim that the break-in is responsible for his sister's stabbing. Okay? And... They don't believe this story. <laughs> they find out that they were in the house, and somehow or another, this incident happened. They don't have what started the at least none of the articles that I read had you know they had a, a reason. You know, thank God that you know although she had a collapsed lung, she's still in stable condition. And she didn't lose her life. But they say that the, the there were three of them in the home, 13, 14, and 8. And this took place between the 13 and the 14-year-old. And the father was away from the house, and the mother was working, quote-unquote, nearby. So, you know, another, another case of our children, you know, something happening with our kids. Okay, so I saw this other this other story between these siblings, and these are some adults. And <clears throat> excuse me, another one of our quick stories. So you have this woman <laughs> who was arrested for stabbing her brother with a kitchen knife. She's 29, 
and she's been charged with aggravated assault and possession of a knife during the commission of a crime. Boy, they're getting so creative with these charges. So they say that the cops responded after receiving a call from a man who said his sister had stabbed him in the back with a knife. And when they get there, the sister answers the door. (laughs) And they, you know, they detain her at that time. And she tells them that she stabbed him. Mm -mm -mm. After the argument took place, because he would not allow her to get the lasagna from the refrigerator. Now, (laughs) somehow or another, this argument takes place, and he says as he's on his way to the laundry room, he felt a sharp knife in his lower, or the sharp feeling in his lower back. And she tells the cops that after she yells at her brother for several minutes, she blacked out and found a knife in her right hand while he was running to the laundry room with a wound on his left lower back. So that's her defense, that she blacked out. And after she blacked out from them arguing, she ended up with a gun in, with a knife in her, in her hand, and she stabs the brother. <sighs> what are we talking about here? What are we talking about here? Well, we have another story that's kind of like a recap, 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 recap. We talked about this last week about, and that was Friday's story about the the gentleman, the 24-year-old, who burned the, the cross on his lawn. So remember, he just put together <laughs> this quick cross, threw some motor oil on it, set it afire, and... He pled guilty to burning a cross on the front lawn. And it was to intimidate, remember, his his black neighbors after he claims that, you know, somebody had shot and killed his dog. Well, he was facing, remember, the, the 10 years and the 10 years? Well, he ends up making a deal. And he ends up with the least amount of time, which which was three and a half years. And that's the amount of time that he's going to get. And they're saying that he, <laughs> he ended up making the deal after, you know, all of this posting in the news. And now, you know, there's this there's this talk as to, all right, because remember, one of the gentlemen said that 
he would possibly end up, they're, they're like, well, okay, so he spends 20 years in jail for this, this burning of the cross, but would he ultimately, you know, would he be fine with the neighbors after? There was kind of some, somebody kind of talked about that. And so, in other words, you spend 20 years in jail for that, and by the time you come out, you know, either your neighbors have moved or, you know, you didn't did your 20 years and now you, you know, not feeling no kind of way. Well, this is only three and a half years now. So what's going to happen in three and a half years when you come out of jail and you hot because you didn't just spend three and a half years for burning the cross on your lawn, but they never spent any time in jail for shooting and killing your dog. So this this may end up a lot more messy than anyone can imagine because three and a half years is not a long time, and three and a half years goes by rather quickly. It was it's just almost been three years since we've been on with his due time with Pastor Steph, and you're like, well, where the three years went? Yeah. And who knows if it'll be good behavior uh, given, you know, consideration. So, mm, 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 mm. I don't know if this is going to be a good thing. Now, check this out. So, my thought says, all right, so they're going to give you 10 years and 10 years, right? So, you're going to get 20 years in total. Would I not... Would I not take a plea? Would I not take the deal to get out quicker? Now, we know a person would take the deal to get out quicker in general. But if I got vengeance on my mind, if I know that, listen, if these are homeowners, we ain't telling nobody in an apartment where you can get up and move, you know, anytime you want. When people buy a home, that's an investment. You ain't planning on going nowhere pretty much. People don't buy houses every day. So how do we know that he didn't take the deal with the thought of mm, I'm going to get out in three and a half years and I got something for them. I don't know. Would you move? I don't know. Because see, if he commits a crime yeah, he could go back to jail but what they got to do with your life? I don't know. I, I, I got to ask the due time crew that question. Hmm. I got a minute or two. All right. All right. I just, I don't know. I, maybe y'all heard about this. I didn't hear about this. I didn't hear about this at all. You know, this, this old thing. Because it came up with a new thing. So at the Oscars on Sunday, Angela Bassett, was up for an award, Best Supporting Actress, for her role as Queen Ramonda in Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. So she lost. She lost to Jamie Lee Curtis. Now, I didn't see the movie that Jamie Lee Curtis was in. You know, we all know Jamie Lee Curtis. She's a, she's a good actor, you know, so I don't know. I don't know who was better. 
Okay, and listen, black people ain't winning no whole bunch of awards and no Oscars anyhow. So whether Angela Bassett was, you know, eligible, worthy, should have gotten it, I ain't surprised that she didn't. So Michael B. Jordan and Jonathan Majors, you know them. They're the two that starred in the Creed Three. I thought it was a really good movie, by the way, for, for those who might be considering seeing it. I thought it was really good. All right, so Angela Bassett loses, and Michael B. Jordan and Jonathan Majors, they end up on the stage maybe to present an award or whatever have you, and Michael B. Jordan says to her, Hey, Auntie, we love you. And he's saying that to kind of, you know, cushion her loss. Now, they do have a relationship because they worked on the first Black Panther together. So what they're talking about in the article is the fact that Oprah Winfrey, Gail King, and filmmaker Ava DuVernay, DuVernay, whatever her name is, and Mary J. Blige have all spoken out on this auntie reference. And they don't want to be called auntie by anyone other than their actual nieces, nephews, godchildren, you know, somebody they're close to. So Ava... Vornay says, am I that old? Why are you calling me Auntie Ava? I don't feel that old. And she says, and it's not a respect thing. Auntie Ava is like Aunt Jemima. So they're saying that now people were trying to figure out what to call her. I say call her nothing. Call her nothing. Call her nothing. Well, what's the big deal? Call her nothing. So then they say that, what's her name? Oprah says the same thing. You know, I cringe at being called auntie or mama by anybody other than my nieces or godchildren, except if I'm in Africa where it's the custom for everybody to refer to anyone older as sister or auntie, depending on the age difference. And there, no one refers to anyone older by their first name out of respect. Well, that's not just in Africa. You know, those of us who were brought up in a certain era, you know, I still call, you know, my mother's friends, you know, Miss So-and-so, Mr. So-and-so, my father's friends, you know, so-and-so and so-and-so, Mr. Mrs. You know, um, there were times when, you know, older uh, friends were referred to as aunt or uncle, whatever have you. So that's not just in no Africa. Now, I do know that there were some people who will t- My sister has told my kid, always told my girls, don't call her aunt. She just didn't want to call aunt. So she... They always called her Terry. Now I call my mother Ernie. Now that was a, that was a personal thing. That's between she and I. But as far as you know, older people, you always called them Mister and Miss. 
So it just ain't in no Africa, Oprah. So then Dale King, they have her quote, I hate being called auntie. That's what you say to old people and old ladies who live in the neighborhood. Nobody calls Beyonce Auntie Beyonce, and my nieces and nephews only call me aunt. They don't call me auntie. Oh, I can't. I can't. They, these people are so bored. They don't know what to do. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. They're saying, you know what, nobody calls Denzel uncle, and they're making a comparison to Aunt Mama and Uncle Ben. Why? Why? Where is, I don't, I don't, these people are bored. Now, here's the thing. Angela Bassett has said nothing. They, they don't have her on record being offended, having uh, uh, any, any, any issue with it. She was fine. They're just making a comparison to the fact that Michael B. Jordan referred to her openly as auntie, and she probably threw him a kiss, but yet in in past times when people have been referred to as auntie, they took offense to it. Well, I'm glad. You know, I have to tell you, Angela Bassett has always shown up classy. You have never really ever seen her, you know, in the newspaper. Um, her and Courtney B. Vance, they have never been in no tabloids. Their marriage has been quiet. All these other people. Uh, y'all, y'all could talk all about this Ava DuVernay. She ain't all of that to me. And now I don't even hear her name with all of this stupid stuff. You know, they, it's like saying Aunt Mama or Uncle Ben. Are you serious? I don't know. Let me talk to my due time crew because I'm about tired of these people. Where, where, where's my Pastor Charlotte? Where's my Pastor Charlotte? Good morning, Pastor Charlotte. Good morning. How are you today, my dear? By the time y'all get to ask me that, I'm always twisted. Especially on a Tuesday I know. morning. I just got to it down. Just annoyed my ever-loving nerve. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I want to go to two different. I want to talk about two different things. First of all, we have again this this you know this gun thing with this child, three years old, who ends up picking up a gun that's loaded, semi-automatic, and sh- and shoots her sister accidentally, needless to say. And in the article, they're saying that they don't know if they're going to charge any of the adults. Now, here's the scenario. This apartment, not a home, this apartment is filled with five adults and these two children. Somehow or another, they were mistakenly... um, Unaccompanied, you know, they they didn't have any, you know, anybody around them. So now the child ends up getting her hands on a gun after being unintentionally left unsupervised is is the terminology that's used. And she, the little girl, dies. The four-year-old sister dies, and they don't know whether they're going to charge any of the adults. Have I lost my mind? 
How is it that this is even questionable? It's the same thing with the six-year-old, and they said they're not charging him. That was the, that was the latest article. They're not charging him. But what happens to charging these adults? Absolutely. All five of them. You said it's five of them, right? So all five of them need to go. Why wasn't nobody watching the kid? First of all, where was the gun? Who gun is it? And why was the child able to get to the gun? Mm-hmm. Let's start from there. And what were y'all doing that y'all were not paying attention? So it's a lot that's going mm-hmm. on right there. But you're right. Everybody mm-hmm. needs to go. And everybody needs to, because everybody's going to point the finger at somebody. Because that's what always happens. You know, until yep. y'all get the truth. And like you said, in an apartment, how big is an apartment? I don't care even if you have four-bedroom apartment. Apartment ain't that far where for five people, five adults. So what they was in the back, and you knew the gun. Whoever, whoever is the owner of the gun knew where you put that gun at. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know where you put it or you knew where you left it. Plain and simple mm-hmm. as that. Absolutely, Pastor Charlotte. And now I'm thinking, was it a crack house? Was it a crack house? Well, um, y'all, you know, in one spot, and nobody's paying attention to the two to the two kids, three and four years old. Oh yeah, I'm wondering what y'all were doing. Were you in there getting high? Mm-hmm. They was having a party with them red cups that you don't like. shoot somebody, Pastor Sean. Oh, my goodness gracious. All right, off to the Oscars. So, Michael B. Jordan and Jonathan Majors are, you know, up there doing whatever they're doing. And this is after Angela Bassett loses, you know, the, uh, you know, the possibility of winning this Oscar to Jamie Lee Curtis. And I guess, you know, Michael B. Jordan wants to, you know, make her feel good. You know, let her know we love you, Auntie. We, you know, we love you. So they start making reference to all of the other females because I don't see nothing about you know. Well, I guess males couldn't talk about no Auntie thing in no way. But they they say you know you don't notice you know Denzel and other men being called Uncle the way women are called Auntie, and they don't want to be called Auntie because. There's some correlation between Auntie and Aunt Jemima and Uncle Ben. Is it me? What is the issue? Right. I think that y'all mad because they don't want to call y'all that. Mind your business. It doesn't matter who's calling me Auntie. Why are you in my business? And then I think that a lot of times people will take something and run with it. And you stated she didn't say anything. So she no. has a relationship with them. So it sounds like it's something personal that must have, you know, of them feeling some, Oprah and them feeling some kind of way because nobody embraced you like that. When, when she, you know, a lot of times when people get on her show, I've seen it. And they talk about, you know, how she they impacting her life and, you know, and you like a sister to me or whatever. So why are you making a big deal of it? 
And no, it's not like ancient mama. That's respect. They're respecting her, and they showing the love for her. So just mind your business. Sometimes we just take things and just run with it, and that's what they just need to do. Just shut it down. Just shut it down. Don't be jealous. Don't be a hater. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. They, it's, it's like y'all ain't got enough to do. You know, and they're not they're not referring exactly to, you know, those three people, Gail, Oprah, Ava. They're they they're not making a reference to Angela Bassett being called Auntie. They were they went back. The the writer of the article went back to the times when they have been called Auntie and where Angela Bassett received it. At the Oscars, they, when they were called auntie, that's when they made the reference and took it as, oh, and also Mary J. Blige, by the way, is is, is in this, you know, uh, gang of, please don't call me auntie. It's an insult. So, thank you so much for joining us, Pastor Charlotte. I do not have a church folk topic, so while I'm talking to Pastor Jeff and Pastor KL, please think of one in case they don't think of one, okay? Okay. Pastor Jeff, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good and you? I'm well, thank you. I'm well, thank you. I'm well. All right, uh, Pastor Jeff. You know, you said you've been on the inside of Rikers Island as a correction officer, and what what are we talking about here when we talk about these people? who lead these guns around for these children to get a hold of. People are actually getting shot. Children have killed other children. Children have killed themselves. Um, and now they are, it doesn't seem to be where anybody is being held accountable for these, these incidents. You can't charge the children because, in a sense, they're innocent. Even if you talk about the six-year-old who deliberately took the thing to the school and pointed it at the teacher and all of that kind of stuff, still the the access to the gun is the issue here. How are you not charging any adult for these incidents and people are, children are dying? I mean, it's, it's definitely wrong. I mean, I you know, my my daughter... My oldest daughter, you know, she was always stayed with me a lot, and I had my gun, and I made sure it was safeguarded at all times. And that's part of the responsibility of having a gun. And you should be held accountable if a child can get to that gun. You should always at all times. I mean, I, it's ludicrous. They, you, you, you need to charge these parents. You need to start making examples because, you know, you you got all these adults that are irresponsible, you know, and, and these children are getting killed. I mean, that's a no-brainer. They, they need to be the more responsible. Right. That's the way I'm thinking. I'm thinking, okay, so you, you, you get these children who, who end up with this gun. Clearly, you know, with the six-year-old, they claim that the gun was six feet above, in the closet, in a lockbox with with a lock on it that's similar to a bike lock. Y'all lying, because the kid couldn't have gotten to the gun if it was all safeguarded like that. 
So now they put out this article, Pastor Jeff. They're not charging the six-year-old. Well, are we surprised? How do you charge a six-year-old with any of this? He needs treatment. But you're not charging the six-year-old. But to this moment, there's been no word on any of the adults being charged. The, the owner, I think it was the mother, who they said brought the gun legally, and that's what she claims the gun was put up this way and that way. And here you have the next incident with the child who, who gets this gun. Okay, answer this for me, Pastor Jeff. How heavy is a semi-automatic gun? Uh, it's not that heavy. <laughs> it's not that heavy. Uh, a six-year-old could, you know, have no problem. You know, none of them guns are, are that heavy. I, I Truthfully, they should find a way to deal with the six-year-old, too, because, believe it or not, at six, that that little boy knew what he was doing. Oh, okay? absolutely. I don't know. I don't. I don't know what you can do to a six-year-old, but look, there should be some type of punishment for him to know what he did was totally wrong. You know, absolutely. I don't. I don't know. You know, like if he if he if if, if he stole some money, his parents would spank his butt in the black community. And I mean, the boy don't even get a spanking. You know. I mean, Absolutely. To be I done. agree with you 100%. I agree with you where, you know, you, you can't just let him go back to school and move on business as usual. He needs to go into some type of treatment facility, deal with whatever anger issues or whatever it is. He cannot, he should not be able to just walk around like nothing happened because that's what was the I problem think all along. <laughs> but it is. That's what I'm saying. He needs to go for some level of treatment. Absolutely. I agree. But wait, go back, Pastor I, Jeff, go back. So the semi-automatic is is not too heavy for a six-year-old. Is it not too heavy for a three-year-old? Uh, I, 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 don't, I don't think it's too heavy for a three-year-old, neither. <laughs> to be Lord honest, have, I'm just trying to... We're not making I these guns right. Yeah, I can remember when I was six, so, but I, I can't too much remember when I was six. <laughs> okay, that's why I asked you. I said, okay, fine. The six-year-old is one thing, but a three-year-old little girl could pick up a semi-automatic gun. That's not too heavy. That's that's crazy. No. That's crazy. Those, and that's, they, those they're guns, not making these guns right a then. Of, a lot of those guns are made like. Part of wow! Being and, and carrying it, so wow. wow, wow, Pastor Jeff. Well, thank you for clearing that up for me, because I just couldn't understand. I'm like, well, every time I I see, you know, we do a, a news story about these kids and the guns. The first thing I'm asking is, well, how heavy was this gun? Because a two year old, a three year old, a four year old can pick up these guns and and somehow or another. You know, somebody ends up getting shot. And, okay, so oh, let me ask you this. So the trigger, that's nothing to pull either? It's that light also? That's the convenience of those semi-automatics. You you know, you pull that trigger and them bullets fly. I mean, you know, oh, it's Jesus. not like the, the, 
when when I first got on the job, we had 38 Smith and Wessons, and they were heavy, and it was hard to pull the trigger, and it was all metal. You know, a lot of these guns got a lot of a lot of plastic in them now, and, and it's wow. not. You know, they made they made to to wage war and just you know and to you know wreak havoc. <laughs> Wow. Well, thank you for clearing that up. Because in my brain, I just always thought that at least there would be some level of weight to it. I'm sure, you know, not heavy because the way you see them sticking in their pants and all this kind of stuff, in their waist, in their back, you know. So I'm I'm like, I know it's not, you know, some 20 pounds, but definitely heavier or too heavy, I should say, for a small child, and this is scary. This is really scary. Well, then they need to start going back to charging the manufacturers. Well, that's my opinion. Thank you so much, Pastor Jeff. Listen, I don't have a church folk question, so I need you to think as I'm talking to Pastor KL, just in case neither one of them have a church folk question, okay? (laughs) Okay. Thank you. All right. Good morning, Pastor KL. Oh, good morning. Somebody tell the Lord, thank you. Tell the Lord, thank you. Hallelujah. Good morning. How are you? I'm all right, thanks. Wait a minute, Pastor KL. Wait a minute. Hold on. You, you're good over there? Am I what? Are you good? I'm great. I'm great. Great. Blessed and highly favored. All righty. Pastor Jeff, I forgot to ask you about this issue with, you know, Auntie... And uncle being a a form of endearment for those who are older than us, instead of saying Mr. or Ms. or Mrs. And there's an association made to Aunt Jemima and Uncle Ben. What's your thought on that? Well, I mean, you you said that that young man called her auntie, right? And that was definitely shouldn't have been taken in any derogatory way. It really depends on who's who's saying it. <laughs> you know. Okay. And and you know, in the spirit that it's being said, but I you know I if if it's somebody of the same race, you know, it, it, we're not trying to say your aunt or mime or anything like that. You know. Anybody who really takes offense to that, you you got some issues, I think. You know, you you, you 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 got the problem. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you, know, oh, okay. you don't you don't want it just like my wife. She wants to be called Glamma and not Grandma, <laughs> right? <laughs> and 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 I and I got my granddaughter calling calling me Big Papa, you know, instead of Grandpapa, you know, because <laughs> I don't. I don't want to feel that old. Oh, my goodness gracious. All right. Wow. Now, I've heard of the, I've heard of the grandma, but this is my first time hearing about the um, the the big papa, opposed to just grandpa, grandpapa, or papa. <laughs> yeah. Y'all are a mess. Oh, my goodness. All righty. Just wanted to know how the males feel about this thing. So now we, you know, now we, I get one view. Thank you so much, Pastor KL. Pastor KL. So 
we've got this issue with these children getting a hold of these guns. People are being shot or killed accidentally in this latest uh, incident. The little girl, three-year-old, five people in the home, five adults in in the apartment. These children were left, her, her and her four-year-old sister were left unintentionally unaccompanied, <laughs> unintentionally unsupervised. And the little girl gets a hold to the semi-automatic. She shoots the sister. The sister dies. And now they're saying that they don't know whether any of the adults will be charged. And I think this is just absolutely ridiculous that this could even be a consideration not to charge someone. What's your thought? Um, My thought is actually the same. I mean, someone has to be charged. Now, this is what I would say, which is, I guess, maybe on the other side. Now, if I'm coming to visit your house and I'm coming to visit you and I'm in passage that house, your child is not my responsibility. You know, I, I think whoever has, whoever knew there was a gun in the house, whoever had the gun, who, whoever the gun belonged to, it was their duty, you know, to make sure it was in a safe place. You know, I don't think that's because I came to visit and we, we got caught up somewhere else playing spades or something that it was my due diligence to watch this child. You know, I, I don't think that I should be even in the equation of where you might go to jail too. Why? I'm, I'm just a visitor. And then my other question is, where was the gun, just like Pastor Charles said? Because at three years old, did you have to climb up on blocks, you know what I mean, to, on chairs to get this gun? Or was it, I mean, if, if it was invisible in a three-year-old eyesight, then it wasn't that high up. And if you were able to get it, it wasn't that high up out of reach. So I think whoever the owner of the house is, whoever the owner of the gun is, they're totally responsible. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I'm not with charging anybody um, either. Somebody's got to own up to the fact that they had the gun. They had the gun that was in the reach, like you said, of the child. And that's when I brought up the six-year-old who got access to the gun and took the gun to school, and they say, well, you know, the mom legally bought the gun. Okay, well, then it wasn't an illegal gun. But she claims she had it in the closet, six feet high, on the shelf, in a lockbox, with a lock, a lock on it that's similar to a bike lock. That's a lie. There's no way in the world six years old going to get up six feet high, go in a lockbox, Break the lock. No, we ain't doing all of that. That means that you didn't. What, what did you do? Leave the house and leave him in there alone? So all of this breaking of the lock, nobody hears? That's the well, point you know, I'm trying some, to Some of these children are quite intelligent. So they have Legos and they build ladders out of Legos. And they climb you know up what? in closets and they get down. <laughs> I thought you were going to say something substantial. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's my point. You know, you you have somehow left these guns. We had the story where the little girl got in the back seat of the car, and the gun went off, and and it shot somebody, and it was a sheriff's 
gun that was left in the back seat of the car. You know, all of this kind of stuff, no one seems to be held responsible. So just like Pastor Jeff said, somebody, they need to start making examples. You know what? If you're negligent like this, whether someone actually was, you know, killed or not, just because a child has access to this gun and someone could have been killed, including the child, you need to go to jail, period. And I know fines, I don't care how legal this gun was. No, somebody needs to pay the price. This is ridiculous. Now, this this is this. when I saw that in an article, they don't know whether they're going to charge somebody. I'm like, are you serious? You don't know? Lord have mercy. All right. Uh, uh, Pastor KL This auntie and uncle thing Now I know In the Caribbean Culture This uncle thing and this auntie thing Is huge 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 And now We have People You know who have You know um, you know This aunt your mama uh, Reference or comparison and Uncle Ben comparison. You know, they're like, well, look at them. They call them auntie and uncle. I'm like, are you serious? What's your thought on the whole, I don't want to be called auntie because, you know, it's not my niece or nephew. And I mean, to each his own. That's not my point. Please don't say that. To each his own. I already got that. But the, the biggest issue is that the reference is, or the comparison is, it's like Aunt Mama and Uncle Ben. Well, let, let me say this. Let me say this. Let me say this. In my former life, now y'all know y'all in trouble when I say in my former life. In my <laughs> former life, when, when I was creeping, I was Uncle KL to a lot of children. You know, I was always <laughs> uncle. You know, what I mean? that that was that was the tagline. You know, hey uncle. You know, or you know that's your uncle, right? You know, he's just fixing the plumbing. You know what I mean? Because I was a plumber. Oh. I laid pipe. But yeah. you know, in my back, in my former days, I was uncle. Um, now here in, in 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 Alabama, you know, a lot of you know that I work in a store. I'm greeted as hey uncle. You know, so so that that that's a term of respect here. You know, right. and uncle or or, or the, the um the wannabe gangsters will call you OG, you know what I mean, which is also a form of respect. You know, so I, I don't I don't see the disrespect uh that, that they so find. You know, and remember I'm in the South. If the southern folks are calling you uncle, right. you know, they right. not calling right. you Uncle Tom or Uncle Ben or, you know what I mean? There, there, there's no more um you can't get no more racist than, than the South. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely a term of respect. They, you know, they call you uncle. They call you auntie here. You know, everybody here, wh- whether you knew them or not, when they walked through the door, they were your family. You know, and, and then right, you get right. so used to it. You know, when they come in, they say, hey, uncle, hey, nephew, how you doing? Now, I don't know you. I don't know your parents. I, I definitely know you ain't my nephew. But, you know, out of respect, that's what we say. Right, right. All right, so I have another male <laughs> who is saying it's, you know, it's a term of endearment. It's a term of respect. And that's the way, you know, we're also talking about 
three, four individuals who come from an entirely different era. Now, Oprah is older than us, so I don't know what her issue is. Gail, older than us. I don't know what her issue is either. But, you know, they are, uh, I don't know. They're ancient mamas. They are ancient mamas. They ancient, they ancient mamas. <laughs> they ancient. <laughs> well, they something, cause and they on my last nerve. Oh my goodness! Thank you so much for joining us. You know, I actually stumbled across this article about the Satan clubs in the schools. So here's the here's the deal. In an elementary school, they, and this is upstate New York, in an elementary school, at one point they presented a Christian club. And the schools have, they're they're under like some level of guideline. Here's how this goes. You can make a choice you can either have an exclusion of all non-school organizations such as little leagues, music groups, adult recreation. You can make the decision that there's none of these things that go on at your school. Or you can make the decision to exclude some non-school organizations, and that could result in lawsuits because now they they could you know accuse you of picking and choosing or you can make the decision to include any non-school organization and you know you just have like policy restrictions but not the restriction of the particular um club if you will. So this particular school has decided they're going to allow any non-school organization to, you know, be a part of the school. So they had at one point a Christian organization that held meetings at the school called the Good News Club. Well, (laughs) they sent flyers home to the school, you know, from the school, right? So now you have the Satanic Temple and Reason Alliance, also known as the After School Satan Club, who is now also allowed to be a part or take place in the school and Flyers have gone out to the homes. And now the parents are in an uproar because they're saying, we don't want our children exposed to this. It doesn't matter if, you know, it's like any other school club where you can either put this kid in in the club or not. You could either let them be a cheerleader or not. You can let them play in the band or not. They don't care. They don't want the the satanic club in the school at all. And the school's stance is we had three options. 
And the option we took was to allow all the non-school organizations to take place in the school. Now, we've already talked about the fact that there's no prayer in school. So that's one issue. But now you're allowing the satanic club to come into the school because you've allowed the good news club to come into the school. What's the problem, Pastor Charlotte? The problem is they don't need to do none of that. Look, what these children, half of them cannot read, don't do the math, don't go to school. Let's get back to the curriculum that they need to know. And I don't understand once you well first of all, once you open the door that way of everything goes, that's what you're going to get, and they ain't seen nothing yet. So if it started with that being in it, believe me, it's going to be some other things too. So once you open the door for the enemy to come in, he's going to do so many other things, so many other little clubs within the club. So what they need to do is just to shut it down. And with that, you know, on your, especially for the children, because you still, their still minds are being molded in whatever direction of the adult that they are listening to. And so now what it happens is, is not only will they meet in school, now it will grow on the outside as well. Now they think that they're having problems in school, or they're going to have even other, other schools' children coming over, and it's really going to be a mess. All righty. Pastor Jeff, your baby girl going to yeah. school, and they got a satanic club. What's going on? Well, I mean, you know I'm going to have a serious problem with that, but I don't even <laughs> know with the way, if you're going to, it's like the way the laws are, if you're going to let one thing in, you got to let the other thing in. Seem like, it's like, the only thing we can do is teach our children, pray, and, you know, because what, what, what are you really going to do? I mean, the Satan people say that's their church. You know, that's it. You know, they want their thing too. So, you know, what, what are we going to do? <laughs> that, that's the result of letting everything go, just like that transgender stuff. I mean, it's just a free-for-all. And, and most we can do is pray. All righty. Pastor KL, Pastor Charlotte says, shut everything down. Don't let nobody come in. Pastor Jeff says, well, pray. What do you say? This is what I say. In, in certain instances, there's something that's called a force field. And the force field allows things from coming in or from coming out. So, when, when you take down the force field, then you allow things to run amok. Meaning this, God and prayer was the force field. And we had this in the church, which, which protected us from, from hurt, harm, and danger coming in or hurt, harm, and danger coming out. When you release and take down the force field, you can't be mad of, of all the serpents that now are tramping through the house. This is what you've done. When, when, when you've taken this away, you, you've offered opportunity for the enemy to come on in there. Point blank. 
<laughs> okay. Should they need the thing in the school or not? I don't know what you're saying. No, I'm, I'm saying they, they shouldn't have it in the school. But but because you took God out of it, any anything can come in there now. You know, but definitely they shouldn't have it in the school. I mean, if, if you if you don't have God in, in the school, you're going to have the enemy in the school. You're going to have it. And, and he's at will. That's why all this stuff is happening in the schools right now. Everything. We're bringing guns. We're, we're having transgenders. We're, 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 we're having schools where now we have to support the transgenders because they're bringing in the money. It, it, it's confusion. God is not the author of confusion. And there's nothing but confusion in the schools right now. We can't get past, we, we can't get to learning because we can't get past of all this other extracurricular stuff. And that's, that, that's my, that's my thought. My thought is, uh, it goes back to part of what Pastor Sean said. What happened to one, two, three, ABC? I, I said this last week and the week before and the week before. What happened to just regular let the kids go to school and let them learn because they're already having enough challenges in their personal lives, in their home. The homes are already tore up. Some of these kids just want to go to school to get away from it all. So now you go to school and now you end up with a whole different challenge. Now, I'm going to put this out there. I'm going to put this out there. I want to see what the three of you say about this. Now, we do know, you know, it's, it's just like everybody said, everybody knows, you know, when you when you took, and even Mayor Adams is up on it now, or he's finally verbalizing it now, we know that, you know, this whole issue of the Good News Club and the Satan Club and the Basketball Club, this is money. This is bringing money into the school, which is one of the reasons why they're not shutting this stuff down. There's another reason why you can't now say Mary can come, but John can't. Because now it's prejudiced it's on what you believe. My thing is, are we talking about the spirits that 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 go along with flyers, material, prayer? How is that now becoming like 100 degrees worse than them just? holding their meetings there. What, and this is how we get to the God factor. You know, the holding your meeting there is unfortunately so much more than we let the Good News Club in and we let you in. Pastor Charlotte, what's your thought on now you're praying, so now this is, this is now forget about you not praying and the enemy lurking there. Now you're praying. Now you're passing out material. Because I'm going to tell you something. Let me, let me stop. Let me stop right there because I'm, I'm going to say that part to Pastor Jeff. Go ahead. What do you think? Okay. Um, About them bringing it in and praying there? That's the question that you're saying to me? No. Right? Well, yeah, but I'm saying to you is in general. You know, it's it's one thing for you to just exist there. So, in other words, I'm just teaching you know, the satanic stuff. It's another thing. You're praying now, satanic-based. You're pushing material, satanic-based. This stuff is also conjuring up a worse 
environment than you just being there. Do you agree? Uh, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Because like I said before, once you open up the door, other things is coming in. Now, if y'all saying that we can't pray to, to, to God and we took prayer out, you know that they're going to be praying. So where's the difference? That if you saying that there's no prayer, that was a thought when you was when you was talking. I was saying of when they were saying about uh, there's no prayer in school anymore. Right, right. So right. now, you, right. So now you allowing them because now who's ever in those meetings is a part of that as well. So who's going to be saying that we're not praying? Who's going to say that there's a limit that you can't do this, you can't say that? There is no limit. There is no limit. Right. Right. So now right. y'all right. So now y'all will take it to the next level. And now what's gonna happen is now you're gonna have those children coming up against other children. Right. Because that's what the right. demonic spirit will do. Right. Pastor Jeff, we're we're talking yeah. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna push it and I'm gonna say when I'm out in the street you know, you're walking up Jamaica Avenue, you're walking on Fordham Road, you're walking on, you know, 14th Street, and you got people handing out cards, flyers. And years ago, I would just take it to be nice. You know, oh, the poor thing, it's 50, it's, you know, it's 50 degrees one day and then it's 20 degrees the other day and they're still standing out here passing out. Let me take, take it, help them get it off their hand. Then after a while, I was like, oh, no, I'm not. Especially the day when I took the, the, the paper and it was for tavern reading. And I said, I'm not touching this satanic stuff. Are we, should we, should we, should we be concerned at even the very stuff we touch that this could be some level of transference? Well, as, uh, a true believer, I'm not worried about no transference, all right? Enemy can't transfer nothing. I'm anointed, I'm appointed. And what's going to get transferred is what I have to you. You know, I rebuke you, Satan, all right? But I don't think we should take that stuff or that material because we shouldn't encourage them to even hand it out or try to come at us with it. And I let them know all the time when I go to these shopping centers. When the, when, the, when the Mormons come up to me and when those, you know, those blonde-haired, blue-eyed people come up to me, and when, <laughs> when the Jehovah Witness come up to me, I, you know, I, I back them off. I, you know, I'll be like, no, 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 I'm not interested in none of that mess. They knock at my door, I tell them, don't come back to my door. All right? This house, as for me and my house, we serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay? So I don't think we should. I don't think we should touch none of that stuff, but I don't think we worry about transference. I ain't worried about transference. The devil, the, you know, the devil is a lie. He can't transfer nothing. You understand? Not, not to me. I ain't open for it. Huh? Absolutely, absolutely. And and Shantice and I had this conversation the other day about how you know you're covered. You know, once once you have the spirit of the Lord, the Bible tells us that, you know, you, you can't share two spirits. So that's the coverage that you're referring to. 
However, you know, for those of us who are not covered, we can't, we, we're not protected. So, therefore, we do run the risk of, of having, you know, issues when we're exchanging and involving. And I'm glad you made that distinction because, like I said, we just got finished having this conversation and being grateful to God that there's a covering over us that disallows, like you said, this transference. However, I'm not touching nothing. I'm not. T- don't give me nothing. Don't. Ha- I don't care nothing about it being no furniture store. No, I'm not touching nothing. Leave me alone. I don't care what it is. It ain't even got to be nothing about no church, no tavern reading. No, 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 no. And I know I'm covered by the blood of of of, of Jesus. I know I ain't got to worry about nothing entering my spirit or me or now I got to worry about two things fighting inside of me. No. And I'm glad you made that distinction. But I'm not, I too, I'm not touching nothing. Leave me alone. Don't bother me. I'm sorry. It could be zero degrees. If you're standing out here passing it out, then that's on you. You can't find another job, then I can't help you. <laughs> that's it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Pastor KL, what's your thought on, you know, this whole you know, well, you know what? The kids are in school now. The flyers are going home. These things are prayed over. We ain't talking about the 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 the, uh, the family that's covered, you know, because they're on the side of the good news club. Now you have this war going on in the school, evil versus good, and now what goes home? You know what? I, I, I am so glad that, that you and Pastor Jeff had that conversation, you know, and and, and um, you stipulated certain things. Because the Bible does talk about the transferring of spirits, you know, and, and the enemy will find the weakest link, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and when you touch these things, or, or, or it, it may not even affect you personally, but right. when you touch these things, they'll right. bring it into your home. Now there's transferring of spirits in your house, and now you're wondering why the kids are, are acting crazy or out of the norm. You, you're acting why the uh, wonder why the dog is now growling or biting people. You know, transferring of spirits is, is is real serious. You know, so so though, though you may not see it, you know, firsthand on you. You know what I mean? It can be passed down, and we have to be very very careful of the things we touch. The things that, that we get, again, into our psyche. That's why it's not good to watch certain movies, certain shows, certain, you know, certain things. And by far, if these folks are praying over this stuff, then they are praying, P-R-E-Y, over you. You know, so mm-hmm. we have to be very, very careful. Absolutely, absolutely. And it's interesting that you brought up the movies because we were also in here talking about Years ago, you know, I had a girlfriend, and she was always so scary. And, you know, if the music played a certain way or, you know, Michael Myers or Jason or Freddy Krueger, she was like, I can't watch a movie, Stephanie. And I'd be, I would laugh at her. And when I, after I was baptized and accepted the Lord and my walk was different, one, we have steps, you know, I live, we were all the bedrooms are upstairs, and the, the Michael Myers movie was playing upstairs, which was very popular in this house, 
Michael Myers, uh, Freddy Krueger. Oh, those were popping up in here. And I was going up the steps, and I said, oh, no, 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 turn it off, throw it out. It, some, when I tell you it was the most disturbing, I said, no, 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 we got to get rid of that up in here. And movies, music, all of this stuff is real when you're talking about satanic uh, 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 environments. Pastor Charlotte, we're going to take this last round. It'll be time for us to go. But what's your take and thought on, you know, uh, Pastor Carol brought up the movies and stuff like that. What do you, have? were you ever able to watch movies and did it change or what happened with you? Did anything happen with you? <laughs> yes, it happened with me. Um, <laughs> yes, I, it wouldn't let me <laughs> it wouldn't let me sleep. Um, it would wake me up. Like my husband would watch it out in the front, and I would be in the back, and it would disturb my spirit and would make me jump up out of my sleep. And it was just like a strange feeling that has come over. So I had to have a talk with him and let him know, you know, just like you're talking about, it's in the movies. It's um, certain shows you're watching and the music. And one day I remember me sitting in the living room. He wasn't even home. And I remember me sitting in the living room. And and I knew that I was in the house alone. And normally when I'm in the house by myself, I turn off everything. I just like it just quiet, no nothing playing. And i never forget this time when I was sitting in the living room and something came by. And smacked my arm. And I was like, wait a minute, am I going crazy? I mean, by myself, and as if you had walked by me and just slapped my arm. So I had, now this was after I had the conversation with him. So when he got home, I was telling him, so, you know, now I'm talking to the Lord, Lord, what was that? You know, and it was like, a real boom slap, right? So when I was talking to him, I said to him, you was watching them shows again? I said, because the spirit slapped me on my arm. And when it hit my arm, it was like something that had shook, shook me. Like it had shook my body. And I knew that it was nobody here but me when it hit me. And from there on, I, I said to him, I said, you have to stop watching this because of the fact that not only just for us, but far as when our children come and all, because right, like Dr. Right, Kale said, right. it transfers. You know right. what I mean? And then you do. You wonder why this is happening. And I had to tell my daughter about my granddaughter. You got to watch and exert right. what y'all are watching, you know, right. because it's right. real and it stays in your home if you don't pass that stuff out. No. <laughs> so yes, I believe it, and absolutely. I know it's real. <laughs> no, <laughs> absolutely. And we tell my daughter all the time about what she lets Mariah watch. And like, we are just we just now. What's the movie? Scream. And we were like, No, she can't. Go. Shantice has been battling. No, Mariah, you cannot go see Scream. I don't care what happens. You can't go with your mother. And you know, like you said, we have to guard our children 
from all different angles. Pastor Jeff, I don't have to ask you what goes on in your house because I already know. But my question to you is, was there a time, has there ever been a time that this there was a, 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 a switch because of this issue? Were you any at any time, you know, watching these kind of movies or you didn't care about that and then all of a sudden now with the change of life, this also had to go? Well, yeah, I let, you know, I, I was a movie watcher and, watch, and let everything come in my home. And I believe it affected my oldest daughter. You know, I wasn't married, and she would stay with me. And I believe some of that effect even to, to this day. You know, I raised my, oh. my two youngest kids differently than my oldest from what right. I allowed in my house. You know, so mm-hmm. it, 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 brings, it brings some spirit to in it. You know, it can mess a family up, what you let, allow to come in. So now I just watch the pictures in, my, in, in the man cave when nobody else can see me. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. You are something else. You are something else. You are something else. Oh my goodness! I, I like I like I like killing movies, man. I like movies where folks are shooting and killing and and, and just beating folks up. And and I, my children, I don't want them to watch that stuff, you know. <laughs> no, and it's true. It's true. It's true. When when Mariah is here, you know, because listen, I ain't gonna lie. I love my power. I love my raising Canaan. Uh-huh. I love it. Uh-huh. Love it. I love. I ain't gonna lie. I ain't gonna try to make nobody think I don't watch it. I do. I do. But when she's here, because she's the only child that really occupies the house, when she's here, none of that plays. None of it. And again, it's because we do have to guard them. Because I'm gonna show you how things work. She she said to Shantice and I one day. She said, "I'm never getting married." So we were like, okay, you're like seven. <laughs> How did we get here? And she, so we were like, why? She said, because the shows her mother watches. Now, Shawnice is in that generation where they love, love a hip-hop, um, those housewives of this place and that place. And she said, because when she those shows um, showed the marriages that were bad, and she also said something about she hoped her mother never got married, and she so we said why, and she said because all men cheat. And you just don't even know what these kids are absorbing. You know, and she, to Mariah is always on, you know, like her device or whatever the situation is. So she, I don't think she's literally sitting there looking at the shows because Mariah's not a TV person. She does not, you really have to force her to look at a TV itself. So she, but she does look at like kids' things on her tablet, a phone, whatever. So now this is in her hearing. 
This is not even in what she's literally watching. Like we sit down and watch Power and Canaan and, you know, a comedy show. No. So, again, it's the aura. It's the environment that we are creating. All of this stuff is now at seven years old. It's tainting her to believe, I don't want my mother to date because the man's going to cheat on her. I'm like, oh, my gosh. So now we're here undoing everything. <laughs> That Shirley's got playing. So you got to guard your children. So like like you said, Pastor Jeff, you go into your man cave, you watch whatever you want to watch, and the kids don't see it, and your daughter doesn't see it because your son is older, so he's watching whatever he's watching. You know, anyway, but, you know, your baby doesn't see it, and this is not, you know, and if she does, this ain't because of you. You know, so this this is so important. Pastor KL, you've got the final word for today. I'm asking, you know, was it a time where you used to watch all those <clears throat> you know, movies and things like that, but then at one point, you know, you realize that, hey, you know, I can't be looking at this stuff here. This is this is not a, this not for me. Well, well, mine was a little different. First of all, I like to ask Pastor Charlotte, when when that spirit hit her, was she still drinking? You know, it just sounded a little crazy to me. Oh, I just wanted to make sure it wasn't one of those one no. of those late night rendezvous. <laughs> no, not that day. No. <laughs> but but with me, I guess because I'm a comedian, I watch a lot of comedy. And and with comedy comes a lot and a lot of profanity and a lot of, you know, scenarios where you don't want your, your children to observe, you know. Um, and with that being said, I I was learning that my daughter, you know, when I snuck up on her sometimes or listened to her on the phone, she talks better than me. You know, and I was like, oh, well, we have to, we have to we have to stop doing this. I mean, she she said some outlandish words that I didn't even know they could say, you know. And this was at a young, you know, teenage, you know, year. So I, I had I had to pull away from that. Though that was my career, I, I couldn't let that just go. And I would just play it, you know. Back then we had we had record players, and you know, right. um, uh, Richard Pryor was on vinyl. So you know, you you, you wasn't in your room. You know what I mean, so to speak. Hey, hey, the play was in the living room, and you just played it, and you was ha ha, that's funny, da 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 da, and and my daughters were doing skits on the phone. I was like, oh no, 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 no. So yeah, at, 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 at some point, you know what I mean. I didn't, I didn't know who the comedian was in the house, me or her. So you know, we had to stop that real quick. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my goodness! I said, I'm, get, I'm getting paid, but she got the routines. <laughs> wow! 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 Well, I, you know, I want to thank you. You know, we've introduced a lot of information here today, and all this stuff is biblical. It's biblical. You know, we do have to guard our space. So, thank you so much, Pastor Shaw and Pastor Jeff and Pastor KL for your contribution into today's conversation, and we pray you have a blessed day. You as well. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All righty. You know, in light of that, it's... uh, Where's my... 
we're going to go before the Lord, holding hands and holding hearts today. Uh, I'm trying to, <laughs> okay. Oh, Heavenly Father, God, we thank you. We thank you for the blessing of of seeing a brand new day, dear God. We're just thanking you because you breathe the breath of life into our bodies, dear Heavenly Father, and allowed us to be blessed again so early as the day is getting started, dear Heavenly Father. So much information has been given, God, so much um Words of wisdom, guidance has been given today, dear Heavenly Father, and and I thank you for answering, you know, the 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 need to be able to speak to your people, God, that we uh, let them know that we had to make a change, that things were not right in our life, and we had to make the change, and we had to be uh, concerned about our children, dear Heavenly Father. And, Lord, we pray over the schools right now, God. Right now, it's a money thing. You know, it, it, it's, it's about, you know, being diversified. It's about, you know, offering our children everything, God. And your word clearly says train up a child in the way they should go, God. And the only people that, that are paying attention to this directive are your children, God. And for those of us who haven't quite gotten it yet, for those of us who are who just never considered the things we just got finished talking about, that we thought it was, you know, something that, oh, you know, oh, well, you know, it's not going to affect them. God, we thank you for the awareness today. We thank you for the understanding. We thank you for the wisdom of this morning, dear Heavenly Father, even if, you know, we didn't understand certain things, God, but something was introduced to us, we say thank you, God, because, you know, you will never leave us walking around scratching our head trying to figure out what's going on, God. You are not a God of confusion. You are a God of decency and order, dear Heavenly Father, and we thank you for just showing us and revealing that side of you to us, dear Heavenly Father. Thank you, dear Heavenly Father, for allowing us to know that we can live like this. Your word says, be ye holy, for I am holy. So we can live a life that is acceptable to you, God. And we just ask you, God, to continue on this journey, revealing stuff to us, the Heavenly Father, bringing things to our awareness, um, God. Your word says that keep this word ever before them in season and out of season, dear Heavenly Father. People who really thought nothing of this, God, we thank you. We thank you that it came up today so now they can become aware and they can research your word, dear Heavenly Father. And as we're speaking from experience, God, as we have spoken that two spirits cannot reside in us once we have accepted you as our personal Savior, Lord, we thank you. We thank you that that war can't go on because, whoa, would that be a battle. And we're already battling the outside forces, God. We thank you for not allowing the enemy to have his access any longer once we turn that switch on to you. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you that you have shut it down. We have enough to contend with, God, that to have to worry about all of that. So, God, we ask that everyone 
under the sound of our voice would also understand that they need to make that switch as well to keep the enemy out to Heavenly Father. Thank you. Thank you and thank you again. We ask you to bless this day abundantly. In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, amen. Ooh, you know, what did I say? I didn't have anything to talk about. (laughs) God is always good because he's always going to make sure we do have what we need to give to you. And, you know, like I said, just, you know, yesterday, I think it was yesterday, you know, we were in here talking about, you know, that particular um, topic. And, you know, I'm going to say this to those of you who have nieces and nephews and um, family members in in your custody, in your possession. You know, a child always asks to be around you, always. They're very comfortable. I only have two aunts. My mother had all brothers. My father has two sisters. They were, and my grandmother, were the biggest influences in my life when it came to God, when it came to, you know, things of, of let's say, the higher level of things, you know. My, not that my parents were junkyard dogs, <laughs> but, you know, they they lived their life. And, you know, when I was younger, you know, their life wasn't about God, you know. But I thank God that he, you know, he gave Auntie Brenda, Auntie Pam, and Grandma, Pastor Burroughs, you know, he gave them access to us, to my sister and I, where they were able to, you know, set an example, you know. And when we went over there, we were always very comfortable. We knew we were loved. We knew we were taken care of. Um, Uncle Jimmy, you know, that that was an environment that was unmatched, to any other environment we had. And it set the tone for our lives. Now, as adults, you know, I've I've decided to accept Jesus and let God dictate my life. And I can't help but give God thanks for that grounding, for that foundation. You know, I've called them and said thank you. Because I'm looking at a church right now where there's Mariah, who belongs to Shantice and myself. So she has her mom and her uh, auntie and her grandma. You have India, Isaiah, and Israel who have Ketty. You have Elijah who has Anika and Teresa. You have Amari who has, you know, um, Serge and Aunt Vivian and Aunt Teresa, Aunt Teresa, every child in that church, not one parent, not one parent, not one parent is in the church. They all are there because God ensured that they would have covering, that they would have an opportunity to be introduced. Now, at, at, at one point, you know, um, um, uh, Israel, uh, India, and Isaiah had parents in the church, but they're no longer in the church. 
So God could have made the decision that when the kids, when the parents left, the kids left. Because we did have other children who, when their parents left, the children had to go. And now, where, what's happening to their lives? What are they exposed to? What's happening in their school? Even if the parents, you know, have not gone buck wild or whatever, but still that access. There's no way to 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 um, um, provide that covering. You know, we talked about the, the spirits coming into the home. You're talking about four homes on this on this line today that's covered in prayer. And so if, a, you know, a spirit does, you bring that in with you. That's why you can't let everybody come up in your house. And that's the same way I always say, and Shantice and I were talking, you, your feet, if you're not covered, you can't go everywhere because you're not guarded. You're not covered. And, and this, when you go back to when Jesus was casting out devils in people, in people, that hasn't changed. It hasn't changed, and and we have to understand that we are exposed to the element of the enemy. He will get in any way he can. Cover your home. If that home is covered in prayer, it's only about a half a second that 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 spirit, like Pastor Charlotte said, will it'll be cast out. Imagine the spirit. That go on and exist in an uncovered home. And if I have not talked at nauseam to certain people about get out of there, you don't stand a chance. You don't want God. You're, or you, 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 you straddling the fence. You want God today. You don't want God tomorrow. God is dealing with you. He's calling you. And you're battling more than what you think you're battling. You think it's just you. It's not you. You are surrounded by the person who runs that home and all their spirits. And, 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 and someone talked to me the other day. It's like every time I turn around, you know, more people are coming in and out. And I'm like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> you trying to figure out why you all twisted and confused? Why your child is twisted and confused? That's because... All those elements that come, they rest right there. Pastor Charlotte said she she felt something. Now, whether we have felt things touch us or whatever the situation is, they're there. They do walk in the house. They do come in, in your door. However, when they are not cast out, when there's no prayer going on in the home, oh, my God. I, you know, it's almost like if you turned on that blue light and all the spirits got exposed, what it must look like. Cover, get, get yourself covered today. Make sure that God is the one who is dictating and determining your mood. Just grab on to Jesus right now. You've been listening to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. where we discuss matters of the heart, mind, and spirit. As you go through your day, be sure to set your mind on things that are above, not things that are on the earth. They will only serve as a distraction. Remember, prayer changes things. It's Pastor Steph signing off, and I want to thank my due time crew for always coming through big time. Thank you for hanging out with us today.
Uh, please accept Jesus as your personal Savior right now. Please strengthen that relationship with the Lord right now because later is not promised to any of us. Until tomorrow, God spares. When it's wow.